This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Stevens, New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of Kick-Ass International Thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And Taylor, I happen to know that you guys have had some bad weather, or there was at least bad weather that went near you. Julie was alarmed over the weekend and wondering if you were okay. What happened? Oh, just huge storms, tornadoes, you know, the works, but we didn't really get that much of it. Got some good rain, needed that. The geese have been doing their thing, making huge puddles and like I have my grass is destroyed. Between the dogs and the geese, there's nothing. They're just everything's torn up and oh, awful. Can't have nice things. <laughs> but I don't hate them nearly as much as I hate the goats right now. Oh my God. I I <laughs> a couple couple months ago I um handed off, I was handed off, rehomed, whatever we want to call it, two of the goat babies to somebody who was looking to buy goats uh, because I couldn't keep them. They're boys and I don't need more boy goats around here. And, you know, they have to pay their way. The goats have to pay their way that much anyway. So I will, you know, find somebody else who needs the goats. But in this instance, it was uh, like a big, huge Hispanic family. And they don't really care about breeds or anything like that. They're just like, we just buy them young and we raise them and we just call them tacos, taco, taco. And I, I was like, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. And then I was like, I don't want to know. It's not my problem. <laughs> They're really cute still right now. I don't need to think about that. When they get really big and mean, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so tacos, right? And lately, the three of my goats have made me so angry. I'm like taco one, taco two, and taco three. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because they have gotten it into their heads that they must be allowed to eat dog food. <laughs> and not the, the issue isn't just that dog food is really expensive and not for them it's also really bad for them because it has uh, animal fats and stuff in it and goats don't have the ability to digest animal fats and so those fats will end up coating the inside of their stomach and eventually they will starve to death because they're not getting the nutrients that they need because it's all being blocked by what they shouldn't have eaten in the first place but they're stupid and they don't all they think of is I want to eat that dog food. And the dogs are very patient. And so uh, they're there to protect the goats. And so the dogs wait until they know that I'm done. Like they're respecting me as, as the alpha and I'll, I'll give them their food and they wait sometimes 15, 20, 30 seconds or more before they go to the food. And in that time, taco one, taco two, and taco three 
are are just circling and pushing and as soon as the food goes down they will chow down on it and the dog just looks at me like what the <laughs> frick and i'm like would you please go get your food as soon as the dogs go claim the food the goats back off and they will the dogs will bark at warning the goats stay away this is mine it's just that gap in time and the goats are relentless and because there's multiples, you can't, you push one away, the other two will come in and it's inevitable that they're going to make me spill something. And then now I'm fighting with them to get it up off the ground so they don't eat it. And I'm just like, ah! and if it wasn't for the fact that those three are the best baby making goats, <laughs> taco one, taco two, and taco three. <laughs> Makes taco so, four, taco five, and taco six. Yeah, I just, I'm so angry at them. I hate them so much right now. The other goats are all angel. It's those three. And there's nothing I can do about it except keep fighting them. Uh, last night I had, a, because of the time change, it was dark when I went out and I had a flashlight in my hand. And finally I was just like, get away from the food. And I'm hitting them in the head with this flashlight. And before anybody <laughs> thinks that I'm just an awful human being, if you saw how hard goats hit each other and things with their heads, you would like totally chill out over this. But I, I got them hard enough. That, and there's no way I would have the strength to hurt them doing this because there's nothing I can do that they don't do to each other and worse. But it was enough that it was unpleasant. And at the time, the flashlight was on. And so the goats, it, it happened over. Like, just go away. You go away. You go away. You go away. It's just like maddening. And then after a while, they caught on. Flashlight equals unpleasant. So I could just shine the light in their face and they'd start backing away. And I was like, aha, just have to do this a couple more nights and that'll learn you. Anyway, tacos. Tacos. I hate them so much. It's so frustrating. And it's physically exhausting to have to fight with them just to be able to feed the dogs. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to find a solution or something. But And they're not hungry. They're well-fed goats. They just like dogs. So that's what's going on with there. Well, I, I don't really have any questions about that. But I, <laughs> I, I am excited about our topic today, today which involves points of view and comes from a listener question. Yes. So this may veer off. I don't, ultimately, I do not know where this is going, but we're starting with points of view. And my initial thoughts or topic suggestion for a title or whatever would have been, it's all about balance. We'll see where we go with that. So our listener contributor today is JJ. I don't, did not get permission to put the full name in when this question arrived and I, it's too late for me to ask now. So JJ it is. And the question is, how late is too late to add a second point of view to a story? It's a fantastic question. And I know that we have touched on point of view multiple times throughout the years, but what makes this great is it comes with a very specific example. So I just want to say thank you, JJ, for sending this in. Love it. Appreciate it. Glad you're here listening. And I am going to do my best on this, and we'll see where we go. Have some background 
on the story. I've edited it for clarity. Hopefully I didn't mess anything up too much. And here's where we go. So I'm working on a romantic suspense novel in which the protagonist, a cop, is at her best friend's bachelor party at a strip club. During this party, there's a scream and the best friend's brother is found unconscious in one of the private rooms. He's rushed to the hospital, can't be revived, and he dies of an overdose. And this seems impossible to anyone who knows him because he doesn't even drink. The death gets ruled as an accidental overdose. So the protagonist takes it upon herself to investigate his death. As the story progresses, she develops a relationship with one of the dancers at the strip club and also finds herself in the crosshairs of some unsavory characters running multiple illegal businesses out of the club. At the midpoint, the dancer reveals herself as an undercover cop in order to save the protagonist from getting herself killed. And we eventually learned that the young man was killed because he stumbled into something he wasn't supposed to see. Here's my problem. If the dancer has her own point of view, sorry, let me rephrase that. If the dancer has her own point of view chapters from the beginning, the reader is going to know she's working undercover, and then the reveal will only be for the protagonists, which isn't very exciting. If I don't include the dancer's point of view, then both the protagonist and the audience get to experience that reveal together. However, the convention in romance is to have both points of view, and I don't want to break that convention. But I don't know if adding the second point of view halfway through is too jarring. An alternative is to have the reveal at the end of the first act and then switch to dual point of view from that point but I worry that even that might be too late. Any thoughts? Whew, that is a tough one. So I think the first thing to consider is the genre. And like JJ says, this is the convention to have both points of view. And JJ doesn't want to violate that convention. So that's our starting point, right? We already know that we do want to have two points of view. It's just a question of when and what gets revealed. So I don't have an answer. I only have sort of the process I would go through while trying to decide this, how, how to go about it. And that's where my, my inclination of it's all about balance comes in. So if it was me and I was looking at this setup, the first thing I would be asking myself is, is it possible to write that second character's point of view in a way that doesn't give away the twist, I suppose, without it also coming across that you are being deliberately uh, underhanded to the reader and where they're going to feel betrayed that you didn't let on. 
I mean, and there are ways to do that. So that would be one direction I would be looking is can I get this character's point of view in up early enough to include it so that that we're meeting the conventions of this genre without giving away what I'm trying to keep hidden and without betraying my readers. And to me, the way that I would start looking at that is focusing that character's, the relationship aspect, like maybe show some interest in the character, the, the, the other character that they're going to develop a relationship from with together. Uh, maybe focus those characters' thoughts on building their personality, building their interaction with other women in the club, showing that this character has secrets to keep and is trying to protect those secrets. And through that, having the character maybe not get so close to people, being a little off, you know, a little standoffish, not being their true authentic self or whatever, and, and keeping that point of view focused in on that sort of not wanting to reveal themselves oh, that's a really cool person, I like them, how they feel about the dancing job itself, things like that, but skirting the other aspect of I'm an undercover agent. You can, if you're willing to go that route, you can get at least one point of view chapter pretty early on in the story, at least once that character has been introduced. It's a little bit of a tightrope walk, but it can be done. Um, I know that some authors, that they actually do that deliberately as a way to introduce the character to the readers ahead of time so that when that character finally does show up on the page, you've got a lot of that character building out of the way already. So that's one direction I would be looking. The other direction I would be looking has to do with balance. Just because you have a second point of view character in the story doesn't mean necessarily that that second point of view character is going to have the same amount of page time as other point of view characters, singular or plural how much page time they get, that's where the balance comes in. So I don't know the conventions of this genre well enough to speak to it specifically. So this might not apply, but it does apply to other things. So I'm just going to say it anyway. So say you have a story where you know you need to get that second point of view in there, You don't want to do it too early because you're withholding details. Well, you're still going to have to have something. You're going to have to have something that builds that character. When we do finally get into their heads, let's say you're almost halfway through the book. On balance, at that point, you don't want to slip back and forth between this character, then that character, this character, then that character, because that throws the entire balance off. So you, I would be looking towards 
how can I get as much character and insight from that character into each chapter and then go at those chapters sparingly? So if the first chapter is of that character is included at maybe the one third mark, then I would have several of the next of the primary POV character and then another chapter and then of the secondary POV and then multiples of the original and then a chapter for the secondary and so forth. And what I'm trying to do is balance it out so that you don't have this huge weight shift where everything's all one character. And then now we're just going back and forth, back and forth between the two characters now that this big reveal has happened. Alternatively, a third option is to combine those two techniques where you set up the character earlier on, focusing away from the aspect that you're trying to keep hidden and using that as your vehicle to get the character's thoughts, family, just whatever it is that you're trying to establish their their place in this story, use that to try and get that set up and then skip a few chapters. Then you get your reveal, skip a few chapters, then the next part. And then the next, so you, you're still not interweaving them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but the gaps between the two characters are smaller now because you were able to get something from that character up front. And that changes the balance, the weight of how the story is, the different parts of it are interacting. Now, all of that said, that's just me. Different authors have different styles. And if you feel confident in, and you can make it work for the story to simply wait on introducing the character until the time that you feel that it's right, if you can find a way to do that in such a way that it just flows and it feels right, that works. The One of the authors that, my favorite author, Christopher Moore, I've read some of his books where there will be a character that shows up just once. Sometimes it's not even an animate object. <laughs> it's told from the perspective of a bus or something else. And you'll get a page and a half to tell a specific part of the story from that quote unquote character one time and you never hear from them again. But then later down the story, it'll be some other character that you get a page and a half from. Uh, or two pages. And then later on, a, a completely different character that's just brought in out of nowhere. Does It doesn't even have any real thing to do with the story except as providing a point of view for something that nobody could see any other way. And it, it adds to the story, doesn't detract from it, and it feels right because it's ba on balance. It fits with everything else that's going on in the story. It's not just one random point of view that shows up out of nowhere. It's one random view here, a strange view over here, some really wacky stuff over here. And so it just works. So if you can find a way to make it work, then go with what suits you, suits your voice, suits your storytelling style. The the foundation, the, the underlying thought that drives you in those choices should be balance. How do I balance this out so it doesn't feel lopsided? Is there a way to weight the second half of the story 
or the first half of the story in such a way that when I do introduce a new character in the middle, then it doesn't feel unbalanced. It's a push-pull, give-and-take, and and that's like one of the, that whole push-pull, give-and-take, not specifically with point of view, but point of view and every other thing that comes into building a story. That's what makes storytelling so difficult. And that's what craft is. When to reveal, how to reveal, whose eyes to reveal it through. It's it's all intertwined. And the the core underlying ideal that you're you're aiming to hit is balance. Does the story feel balanced? It applies to pacing, characterization, everything is what is that story's balance? If that's the the closest that I can get, those are my thoughts on it, obviously not an answer. And I think if it was me, my style of writing, I would personally try and get something, just anything from that second point of view character as close up front as the story would allow. But sometimes the story just doesn't let you. And if you have to force it, then that's going to throw off the balance too. There are no perfect stories. And they, every story has sacrifices, that things that have had to be sacrificed for the sake of the overall good. So you just got to gotta run with it. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I don't know, Steve, do you have, I'm sure you've got some ideas or feedbacks. I'm not entirely certain that I understand the structure of the story it is like for a lot of romance, it's the point of view characters switch between the two love interests. Is yes. is that what we're talking about here where the dancer is a love interest? That's my understanding. So I I could be reading it. I could be mistaken in how I'm reading it, but my understanding is this is probably an LGBTQ, a, sorry if I missed some letters, um, in, in, in that particular genre where the main protagonist is a woman and the love interest is a woman. So that may be where the confusion came from, and I hope I'm getting it correct as well. Okay, so I, I can't imagine um, I, the difficulty in, in trying, because these stories typically, um, it's it's like, one chapter is character A, next cha- chapter is character B, and so on and so forth. That that would be really difficult. I really liked what you said about the the third option where you kind of combine the two. And I've seen a lot of this, but I think this would work better if there were other points of view as well. So oh, maybe not yeah. a lot, but one or two others where the dancer in the beginning is a point of view character, but you're coming at her from, I mean, there's a crime in there. Presumably the police are questioning her and things like that. And, and so she's she's relating to this in a way that a dancer would with the occasional open loop to let the reader know there's something else going on here, but we don't have a clue what it is. So you could incorporate that in from the beginning, but that would be really difficult to do in an alternating chapter type of process. But like you said, if you threw in an additional point of view, a third point of view here or there, yes, it would balance that out. That's I, I love your answer because I, I didn't, I should have, but didn't even bring in the idea of 
bringing in an additional point of view to help add that balance. And that is very, very, it's a good technique. It can be done if, if it serves the story, like perhaps from, you know, the police perspective. And then you can even, since we have some unsavory characters in this story, and I, I don't know the story, so I don't know if it would give too much away or if it would work or not, but that's another possibility. And then yet another, which would sort of establish the idea that um, things, that characters that enter the point of view universe may or may not continue through the entire story, which gives you that flexibility on timing is if you were to show the the young man who's killed, give him a brief point of view. That's pretty early in the story. And then much later, perhaps one random character, it could be somebody who's an unhoused person who observes something and you get his that person's point of view you you all you need is two or three of those spread out through the story and, and you've created your balance so by combining the multiple techniques you could that could very well be the answer to a plot like this when it has to be fit to the constraints of a specific genre Okay, that That's was really, really good, great, Steve. What else do you got? Because that was it, good. That was a really great question, though. I mean, just the whole, uh, the question itself, it really got us both thinking. Uh, even before we we started recording, we had we had discussed what the chapter was or what, what the question was. Uh, and I would be curious to see whether or not we interpreted the question correctly. So if if the uh, if the person could let us know, that would be, that would be fantastic. Um, and I'd like to know what, what the, the author decides to do. Yeah, I, I would really love to know what the ultimate solution ended up being for this particular story. It's one that I, I'm sure other listeners would enjoy knowing too, because these are just ideas, suggestions that may or may not work, but because we don't have our hands in the story, we don't know. So the only person who can tell us is you, JJ. So we really, I want to know what you, you end up doing that you feel has worked for this story. All right. So that's our show for this week. We thank you guys very much for listening and we will be back with you again next Tuesday. And more questions, guys. We love them. Give them to us. And then we'll see you again next week. Thanks for being here.